Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to I'd Sooner Forget This, a podcast where guests share with you things which cause them embarrassment from their past, like uh, when I wrote a poem called The Seed and the Sock that went like this. (laughs) I don't want to grow, said the seed, or ever to bang, said the knock. I don't want to sting, said the weed, and I don't want to smell, said the sock. (laughs) I'm Daryl Smith, and with me today is Chrissy Jackson, uh, who's been presenting radio in Norfolk for over 30 years, and um, is the f- one of the first radio presenters I ever worked with. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh. That's why I was super excited to speak to you, Chrissy. <laughs> oh dear, 30 years. Is it really that long? Uh, that's You've what been you... <laughs> counting the weeks, counting the months. <laughs> Uh, Chrissy, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, well, obviously now, as I've been on, on the radio for 30 odd years and counting, there's been plenty of occasions when things have happened that I wish hadn't. But I think probably going back before I was on the radio, I, um, I was a club DJ, which I absolutely loved. And I really wanted to be a club DJ and I went along and, and I auditioned and um, they said uh, yeah that's fine you could be a DJ but uh, we can't see you <laughs> we can't see you and uh, I'm only 5'2 am I not Daryl yeah. I'm only 5'2 <laughs> uh, and this this DJ stand was taller than taller than me <laughs> so there I was uh, Getting stuff on the on, on the decks and everything, and and, uh, and 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 mixing stuff, and people must have been looking at it, thinking, "Who is there behind <laughs> that behind that DJ stand?" So the manager came up with the bright idea of um, getting a box, a wooden box, a crate for me to stand on, which would then lift me up so you could just about see my forehead <laughs> over the top, which. Um, I think it worked worked for a while, but as I got carried away and like dancing around like I do, there were a few times when I'd sort of fall off the back of it. So uh, 
Very, very embarrassing. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it, Daryl. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get the gig in the first place? Um, Well, I'd I'd, I'd had a, a conversation with the male DJ at the time, and he told me that they were looking for a new DJ. So I said, why don't you ever have any women? And he said, because they're no bloody good. And there was something about him saying that that made me think, I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, until that time, I'd never thought about then being a DJ. But once no. that seed had been sown, going back to your poem again, <laughs> um, I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to give this a go. So I went along and uh, I used to go down to the club and, and I practiced on the decks myself until I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll come in and I'll have an audition. So I asked them, would they give me an audition? And I, I passed that, and then and that was when they said, well, yeah, that's all very well. You can come in, but no one can see you <laughs> behind the DJ stand. So that's where the box came in. So that was an embarrassing moment. Number one, one of many. <laughs> did, the, uh, did you keep the box? <laughs> no. It's probably still there, holed up in the club. Because the club is there, but it's actually all been, been boarded up now. And oh. I often think... Do you know, if we could just get in there and have a look round, mm. the things that you would find, <laughs> probably that box is still there, yeah. behind the DJ stand to this day. Uh, what club was it? That was, uh, that was a club called Pennies in Norwich. Oh, oh, so you've heard a lot of people talk about yeah, Pennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big, big club then, back in the 80s. And uh, I DJed there for, for quite a while, then before getting onto radio. Mm. Did you enjoy so, it? Loved it, loved it. I did carry on doing uh, clubs for a while, even after being on the radio. I still, I still love club DJ, and I still love dance stuff to this day. At the grand old age that I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just assumed that you wanted to like be a radio presenter straight away. But did that come from the DJing? Yes, yeah, because it, because, because I then was was working in the clubs locally or one club in 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 particular um we didn't have any local radio then at all and it was quite funny if if I ever worked with um some male DJs as well they'd try and play tricks on me like um change the speed of the the decks thinking uh I that I wouldn't notice and sometimes I didn't and then I'd start <laughs> and it'd be a totally different speed. Yeah. But they all thought it was hugely funny just because they were trying to wind me up. So, you know, that would happen. And then local radio started um, in Norwich. And uh, I, I just thought, oh, if, if, there's a, if there's a dance show there, because by then on the radio, we had the likes of Pete Tong and Robbie Vincent and Jeff Young. And... Um, I wanted to get on and do a dance show. I wanted to get on and do a soul show on the radio. So that's why I then um, asked the radio station, can I come along? Did this, a similar thing, really, saying, can I just come down? Can I just have a go? Please let me come in. <laughs> Knocking on the door, let me have a go. Um, I suppose I was just lucky at the time that they said, well, you can come in and use the studio when there isn't anyone in there. And again, went through quite a while of trying to keep doing auditions and getting them to listen back and telling me what, what was right and what was wrong and uh, just keep going at it, really. The great thing with radio is that you don't need a stool to present. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear me, I can't. I can't. Oh, just me standing on this box. What must people have thought? Hey, did people? Could people see you, like side on? If they came round to the side and they uh, think, <laughs> what is she standing on? <laughs> Some wooden crate. But anyway, there we are. So you you said about um, that you've stumbled sometimes off yeah. the back of it. Yeah, I have a. I, I, Daryl, I think um, there's something about me stumbling around. I will fall over anything. <laughs> and uh, I've fallen off stage on more than one occasion because um, there was a, a few years after that and then I'd got, in, got into the radio. Um, I got booked to do a Panasonic roadshow in Lowestoft. So presenting it? Presenting on there. And... Um, they had some, but I can't remember who the bands were now, but the bands were there and then there were music playing and we had to give these this stuff out. It was a big thing with all lights and big, big stage and everything. And and again, as I do, I do dance around and I got I got carried away and I was <laughs> thinking, this is great, everyone's clapping and cheering away and uh, I'm, I'm up and down the stage until I went a little bit too far and fell off the side <laughs> of that. And I'm just so glad that um, it, it was pre-mobile phone days because that would have been liquid gold for someone, wouldn't it? That yeah. definitely would have... Uh, they would have been able to win some money with that <laughs> on uh, on a few TV shows. How many people did you do that in front oh, of? Oh, there was absolutely hundreds because it was in lower stuff, you know, up on um, near the East Point Pavilion, up there on the green... It was there um, that it happened. And to this day, if I'm walking up and down, I think, that's where I fell off stage. That's where I went, side left. It was the left-hand side of the stage. And <laughs> there's always that point when you fall off and, and people go, oh, my goodness, is she all right? And people come running to you. And then you're trying to get up and say, no, I'm absolutely fine. I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. And then I had to get back on the stage whilst people were laughing. <laughs> because it, <laughs> oh, oh, dear me. Um, and then I just had to try and carry on. But at the same time, I was just mortified. I thought... Do you know what? I really hurt here, but I've just got to carry on. When you walk past where that happened, how does yeah. it feel now? Awful. Because I can go back to that day like that. And and I think of the Panasonic Roadshow on the green, getting carried away, dancing on the stage, and then all of a sudden find myself exit stage left <laughs> on the floor. But um, it's just, just that point when... Everyone runs around you. We all do it, don't we, when things like that happen. If you do fall over and you instantly want to get up and go, no, 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 I'm absolutely fine. But inside, you're secretly dying. You? <laughs> so did you just have to get up and just, just finish get, the show? Just get on and finish it. But at the time. And then people kept saying, are you sure you're all right? And I kept saying, yeah, but I really, really, really wasn't. I just wanted, I just wanted to go away and just yeah. forget all about it. But... Oh, like I say, before the days of mobile phone footage, not that long before, really, because um, that would have been the uh, yeah the mid nineties. So, but so phones now mm. are starting to come in. That's interesting because the thing is, is that if that happened, like say, if that happened at the weekend, yes, that would have instantly been put on 
to the internet. It would have been everywhere, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right? Hey? And that's a great news story. Radio presenter <laughs> falls off of... Uh... I might have been trending. Who yeah. knows? You missed out. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you do a lot of like road shows and things like that then? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose then at that time, local radio used to go out and do quite a few um, outside broadcasts and things. Um, and I've, I've, I have always enjoyed that part of it. So I, I do like that. Whether it's be, because you're going back to when you used to work in the clubs and and things. Um, yeah, I do, I've, I've always liked that that side of presenting as well, getting out there and doing stuff. So I enjoyed it. Which is amazing because a lot of presenters... Some don't like it, it, do they? hate being able to yes. see the audience. Yeah, and how many people... You, you do come across presenters who will say uh, they love being on the radio, but they, they can't get out there and, and um, chat and meet other people. Which I think is a shame because, you know, I think it's great. Mm. I do think it's great doing that. I love it. Absolutely. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So when you were doing the Panasonic Road Show, that was when you were presenting breakfast? Uh, no, that would have been just before then because... Um, by then I'd done, done a few shows because I, I, I was still doing the dance show and 
I'd also done evening shows. I would have been doing, I was then doing some afternoons and I then went to mid-morning, which is basically a similar type of show to what I'm doing now on um, Norfolk. But, um, so I would have been doing, yeah, I was doing mid-mornings then and that was just prior to going on Breakfast with Rob. Yeah. And what year was that? Um, well, we started breakfast 99, April 99. I remember that day. And um, yeah, really enjoyed doing breakfast for what was it then? 14, 14 years about breakfast with wow. Rob. And then we had some fun. Lots of fun. Um, <laughs> um, when I asked you about um, doing this podcast, you did a, you one of the first things that you remembered was like something that happened when you were presenting with Rob? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> this was, this was, now, do you ever watch, or did you ever watch um, Lottery Draw on the telly? Going back a few years to uh, when Bradley Walsh presented that, yes. the draw. And um, I can't remember the, the actual, what it was Rob said, but, but Rob mentioned something about the show and, and with, Bradley Walsh we were having a bit of a laugh and a discussion about that um and then play the next song the phones go and of course you know that a lot of the time presenters do a lot of the time answer the phones themselves um so we pick up the phone start having a conversation with this person who says that they are Bradley Walsh <laughs> <laughs> and they are listening at that time but we didn't believe them. We thought, no, you, you, no, you're pulling a fast one. This is no, this isn't the real Bradley Walsh. And we end up putting the phone down on Bradley Walsh. Is this <laughs> is this on air? This uh, well, this is off air because the song was on, and then right. then then we have to say that uh, someone called and said that they 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 said they were Bradley Walsh. Well, Bradley Walsh rings back. It says. <laughs> But it is me. It really is Bradley Walsh, and then we have to get him on and uh, and and have a chat to him on the show about about the lottery. But I think think what transpired was that Bradley Walsh got a lot of family who live in Norfolk, and that was the reason why. I think he said he was up here playing golf at, at, at the time, and we had a big big giggle about it. And, and um, you know, it quite often comes up in in conversation the day that uh, we put the phone down on Bradley Walsh. <laughs> and then he... Because <laughs> we say it's not you, really. And I mentioned this not that long ago, really, a couple of months back um, on, on the radio about this happening. And uh, we had some calls in with people saying, we remember that day, Chrissy. <laughs> we remember it because we were listening at, at the time. And even now, they giggle about it, about the phone being put down on... on uh, on Bradley Walsh. How did you feel the moment that you realised it actually was Bradley Walsh? <laughs> well, because there is that moment, isn't there? Because you never think someone like that is is, is going to phone your show. Probably in London and things like that, it, it will happen all the time or it's probably been set up for them to call anyway. But just out of the blue like that, then, and I'm supposed to think, oh, he was listening. He was listening at that point and then picks up the phone just like anyone else would do. And then you end up saying, no, you're not Bradley Walsh, really. Put the phone down. But he's a really lovely guy, really lovely guy. And, uh, yeah, that was a 
that was a oh, that was a funny moment. Something that happened not that long ago. It was only last year, in actual fact. So I'd I'd started this new show. And of course, I've only been doing it a few months. And um, a lady had to come in. She was called um, the Lady Mole Catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Do an interview with the Lady Mole Catcher. Okay, I'm assuming this is the lady who catches moles. Who catches moles. Yes, you've got it. You've got it. Anyway, um, I start to talk to her and I put my back out. My back just went and I'm in agony trying to <laughs> interview Lady Mole Catcher <laughs> with my back going in spasm as I'm trying to ask her about her career of catching moles and <laughs> what, what, um, what happens. Outside in the middle studio, the producer is seeing that I'm in, I'm in agony and I, I'm thinking, I just don't know what to do. I've got to try and carry on. Lady Mole Catcher is trying to talk to me, knowing that I'm in agony, Try and just carry on as normal. It was like something out of a comedy show. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was Anna who was the, was, was the producer on, on that day. She comes running in with a, one of these heat patches to try and put... And I'm trying to undo the top of my trousers so she can get this on my back as we're trying to carry on this, this conversation about... <laughs> Catching moles, if you will. It was the most surreal thing that's ever happened to me in all the years of being <laughs> on on radio. And uh, do you think anyone on there, no, uh, anyone listening, noticed? <laughs> well, um, I I listened back to that, and I thought, do you know, I don't know if you wouldn't. I'm really hoping that people didn't. But afterwards, that's that's all we talked about, and uh, you know. The lady mole catcher, she was a star because she just carried <laughs> on as if nothing had happened. All the while, my back is in spasm and I'm in pain. She may have assumed that's a normal show. <laughs> it was chaos in that studio and me having to stand there with this heat patch on my back and uh, and carry on. Oh, dear me. What a day that was. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Scroll back to uh, when you first were DJing and standing mm. on that box. What were you doing before then? Before I was the DJ? Yeah. I was selling cookers. Really? Yes. I was selling cookers and fridges, um, <laughs> electrical items. Yes. Uh, that's what I was doing then. Um, I had that as a, as a part-time job because I was a mum. So that was my little part-time job whilst the kids were at school. So I did that. And then got into uh, then got in, in, into DJing. Wow, I didn't realise you were already a mum when you yeah. started. So you did yeah. all that like extra work. Yeah. Once I'd got in the DJ stand and I'd had a go at mixing and just getting the tunes out that I loved and and, and things, I thought, you know, I, I love this. Why didn't I not think about doing this before? Um, and it was just like a penny dropping really and thought this is it this is now I've found what what I want to do I'd left school and gone to work in a bank and got married and become a mum um and that had never really crossed my mind but once I got in that DJ stand I thought this is it this is what I want to do you don't need to say their name but do you know who the person was who said to you that um women couldn't DJ 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you've got, like, <laughs> this is weird, but do you feel like you've kind of got to thank them? <laughs> well, probably in a way, because of that, because that, that, that made me want to prove them wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, in a way, I suppose, yeah, in a, in a, in a strange way. Well, obviously, because they said a horrible yeah. sexist thing, but you've, like, <laughs> like spent a whole career thought, proving that wrong. Right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Has it felt like for, um, say, through the DJing and radio that you've always been having to try and, like, prove yourself in that way? Um, well, I've always... I've loved doing doing what I do. Um, I've always been surprised by some of the things people have said and uh, there weren't many women on radio then. Uh, a lot more now, which is fantastic. It's great bring it on, like to see more. Um, but I suppose back, I mean, it seems like a generation ago now, and, 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 it, and it was, but you did have to put up with blokes being stupid and, you know, silly buggers, really. I started to do the dance show, and then when a daytime shift became available, and I went to the boss of the radio station and said, I'd really, I'd really like to have a go at this. And he said, well... We'll see. We'll see how it goes, and we'll we'll let you just do a couple of weeks, and we'll see if the listeners like it. And if if they don't like a woman being on, then you'll be off, and and off you have to go. Wow! So not you, a woman, a woman. <sighs> if they don't like a woman being on, and my very first show that I did, and I've seen this boss since then. When I was about to do my first show, and and uh, he came in and said. So are you all set then? And I went, yeah, I think, I think I'll, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'll enjoy it. And um, he said, it's not you I'm bothered about. It's the listeners. And then just turned around and walked out. And I thought, <laughs> and I'm just about to do my first show. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, well, yeah, I thought. So all the time I get thinking, well, I've just got to prove you wrong. Yeah. Prove you wrong. I can and, do it. And when you did, like, how did it feel when you did, like, your first show? Awful. Really? Awful. Awful. Absolutely awful. I couldn't wait to get it over with because I think I'd got myself so nervous about it. And you'll know what it's like, Daryl. It is. You want to do it. But then the minute you see that red light, once I got the first one out of the way, fine. Absolutely fine. Uh, well, no you know, absolutely fine, but I was a lot easier with it. But that very first one, oh, oh. Did the show um, itself go okay, though? Yeah, be, yes, I think, I think it, I think it went okay. <laughs> I think it's just the, the, the manager beforehand saying, it's not you I'm bothered about, it's, it's the listeners. And um, so therefore you feel a bit uneasy, don't you? And that played on you the whole show? That played on me, yeah, 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 it did. But, Again, I just thought, well, I'm just going to have to prove you wrong and prove prove that I can, you know, I can do it, and you know, carry on from there. Really, it's so interesting that a horrible remark basically totally changed changes you because yeah. I've been waiting so long to get on and do do that. Yeah, and I'm glad those days aren't aren't around anymore. Like you've seen a lot of women come through radio. I mean, and go, but does it look like it is actually like better than what it was. Better. Um, well, there are more women there, and that's and that's good. 
Um, I personally, I still think it's a bit of a shame that a lot of um, stations just think women are there to present the travel and the weather and and um, just be a, a, a little sidekick. Um, I, th- I think that's a shame because women have a lot to say, and I think I think as slowly the balance is 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 redressing itself, which is good. Um, so ha- how has it felt, Chrissy, to uh, share some of those stories? It's great looking back, and it's great having a bit of a laugh, and it's just just um, remembering the times on the radio. It's not just the times as well that that you've laughed. We've cried quite a bit on radio as well when. Um, 9-11, the day after the 9-11, and uh, we had to go in and, and, and present the show, and you think, what am I going to do? How, how, can you, how, how can you address that and try and reflect how people feel? And, and we had people on, it, it, it was a breakfast show, but people were on the next day in, in tears. I was in tears as well. So to you go through all sorts of emotions on radio, and that to me, is why I think radio is the best. Because you can't go back and do another take. It is what it is. You get on with it. You have a laugh. You have a cry. You reflect people's lives. And, and you live your life. And that, that, for me, is why radio's up there. Long may it continue. <laughs> um, and specifically, say, sharing the story of you and your DJ box. How have you felt about people knowing about that (laughs) well I hope they laugh (laughs) I really really do and if they want to picture me falling off that box so much the better (laughs) (laughs) um and if you could go back and um speak to yourself the day that you decided that you wanted to start DJing is there anything that you'd like to say to yourself I suppose don't take no for an answer carry on and looking back, you know, you're just going to have the best time ever. And it's just fantastic. I love it. Thank you, Chrissy. Um, if people would like to listen to you um, on your regular show, um, what, what station is it on and how can they hear? It's BBC Radio Norfolk and uh, I present the mid-morning show. It's 10 till 1 and it's, ah, oh, I don't know. How can I describe what the show is like? <laughs> <laughs> um we ask people about their lives, we have requests on, we have competitions. Yeah, it's a good listen. I hope so anyway. For me, as someone who's, uh, who grew up in Norfolk and now has moved away, it, for me it's a nice way of remembering what it's like and like hearing the accents and everything <laughs> like that and just how amazing Norfolk people are. Like, they're different from anyone oh, else. They share so much, don't they? Yeah. I love them. I love them. Um, thank you, Chrissy. Um, thank you for listening. This has been I'd Sooner Forget This. My guest this week was Chrissy Jackson. Uh, my name's Daryl Smith. And uh, if you have got a few minutes spare, then please do give the podcast a review on iTunes. Um, five stars is the only option that works at the moment. Um, and check out um, the Facebook and Twitter pages where you'll be able to see extra bits and pieces from every episode. Um, and just make sure you're subscribed for the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.